0: I'm Heather.
1: And I'm Corey, And
0: this is Movie Shelf, where we talk about movies, movie trivia, and just about anything related to pop culture. We're glad you're here. In today's episode, we're talking about how to train your dragon, the hidden world, along with the whole dragon training universe. We'll also chat about movies that are coming out that we're interested in, our picks of the week, and of course, we'll enjoy a side of bacon.
1: Mmm, bacon. Bacon. So, Heather, what did you think of the this episode of How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World? I guess movie three in the trilogy.
0: Okay, well, before I really get into what I think about it, I want to talk about what it is.
1: Of course, of course.
0: Alright, so this, of course, is the third installment, as you mentioned, of the How to Train Your Dragon series. And I imagine it's the final installment. Yeah,
1: I think this would this just completes the trilogy. So I think this is officially going to be labeled as a trilogy now.
0: Yeah, and um, it picks up with Hiccup, the young Viking chief, um, and it's he's voiced by Jay Baruchel. I think I may be mispronouncing. I apologize. And he's leading his friends through a dragon rescue crusade. And they're kind of almost a little too good or too successful on this crusade because Berk, their island, their home, is overrun now with dragons. They are absolutely everywhere.
1: Yeah, started out becoming a haven, safe haven, and just gets a little out of control.
0: Yes, I mean, it's dinner time and... Everyone's in the same dinner area. It's it's quite overrun.
1: Almost like if you're compared to the crazy cat lady, these are the crazy dragon people.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely a lot. And I think just about all of the voice cast is the same. Um Kate Blanchett, she's back, she's a Hiccup's mom. America Ferreira, she is um, Astrid, I think, the love interest or the companion for Hiccup.
1: Even Gerard Butler with some flashbacks. Yes. You know, if you haven't seen it by now, we're sorry. But yes, uh, the king does die in the second movie.
0: <laughs> Kit Harrington or as Corey likes to say, Jon Snow, um, reprising his role as the, um, he's the trapper. I forgot his character yeah. name. Um, But he seems to definitely have a thing for dragons, you know? And then Craig Ferguson, of course, um, the fun blacksmith, or I don't know he's really a blacksmith, but he's definitely the the buddy. He's like the uncle or something like that. Kristen Wiig, Jonah Hill, and Christopher Mintz-Plasse, or I don't know, but anyway... Close enough. Sure, they're all
1: back <laughs>
0: and they're fine. So, but as we were watching the movie, there's of course a villain, like any great story. And as we were hearing the villain talk, we both were feeling like he sounds so extremely familiar. familiar yeah,
1: we just couldn't put our finger on it. Right until and so, the ending credits started rolling.
0: Yes, and that's when we saw <laughs> F. Murray Abraham, which of course um, I think I mainly know him from Amadeus and star trek
1: insurrection um
0: but you also know him from what
1: finding forrester yeah so yeah very Um, key role in that movie as well
0: i feel like he is the classic villain actor
1: yeah i cannot think of a movie where he's played a good guy so
0: yeah i'd have to uh, maybe if i was to look at his whole you know resume list but at the moment he's always a bad guy
1: but yeah there there are just some actors where every time you see them they're they're just a bad guy
0: and he was pretty he was pretty evil in this movie he was pretty bad oh yeah and then so back going to the plot so with Burke's abundance now of dragons um, they're becoming a little bit more noticeable and um, so this becomes a little dangerous for Burke and they actually have to abandon their island and um, start figuring out how to move forward yes Toothless though there's a little side story going on because as you probably have seen in some of the previews Toothless finds a girl uh huh yeah a um, a light fury
1: did so they, they settle on light fury or was it bright fury
0: I thought they said light
1: hmm okay
0: um well I guess we I know guess. they
1: mentioned both of them but I couldn't remember which one they settled on I'm
0: pretty sure the girl said light hmm. and he was like oh yeah that sounds better
1: <laughs> but another fury nonetheless
0: yes So this movie definitely has action, it's the classic good versus evil, it has the coming of age tale, and of course some young dragon love, so it's a lot of fun.
1: And all the cuteness of the relationship between Toothless and Hiccup just continues.
0: So going back to your question, what I like about it is that, I mean, already this series starting from the first How to Train Your Dragon is just a delight to watch it's witty it's clever it's just fun and that has you know tra- uh, has continued all the way through each of the movies i think even for you i'm not sure about how the third one fares however i know when you saw the second one you're like this one's even better than the first one.
1: Oh yeah you and i definitely fell in love with the first one and as with most sequels go you like that the sequel is a lot of times, not as good as the original, mm-hmm. but this would definitely be an exception. It was, in my opinion, even better than the first one. And with the third installment, it just makes the whole trilogy just awesome. I mean, just completely, they wrapped it up in a nice bow and everything. as a complete kind of an opening, middle, and third act story. So, you know, I don't think there's really anywhere to go from the third. Uh, I don't see them making a, another one. But, um, yeah, the the, the whole three-act play, I guess you could say, is very well done.
0: Yeah, so I think they, yeah, they did a great job. So, yeah, you could definitely have an, um, a whole How to Train Your Dragon marathon. In fact, when the movie was over, I think I, I had to go to the the ladies' room. There was, um, I think it was, she was probably like a mom talking to her kids in there. And she was talking about how she's ready for a How to Train Your, Train Your Dragon marathon as well. Because they just loved this third one. So they're ready to just go home and... Continue watching even the first and second again.
1: Oh my goodness. So on that note, I was extremely annoyed when the movie ended and I heard a mom from the role behind us say, well, I know I missed the first two, but I'm glad I caught this one. I'm like, oh no, you didn't.
0: (laughs) All right, so of course Toothless is as cute as always because yes. I mean they pretty much make Toothless like a dog that can fly. It's almost like the and uh,
1: spit firing glow and all sorts of crazy stuff.
0: Yeah, like the uh, <laughs> a more lively version of the never ending story dragon dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he's super cute, and he's of course super cute when he discovers his counterpart, the Light Fury.
1: Oh yeah, the little there's a little of a I guess you could say mating ritual or courting ritual that kind of courting. That's
0: the courting. I don't think we saw any mating. No, no, mate, no, no, but no. definitely <laughs> is some,
1: some yeah, you know the little, little animal puffery. I guess when they're trying to yes. attract a mate. I think he even like
0: on. tried to do the whole eagle thing or something. I don't know, like with the
1: <laughs> the falling and.
0: Locking of talons or something. And then also, I thought the opening scene was really cool. It's kind of eerie and spooky. So, just the movie started with a bang and kind of kept on going. It was just a lot of fun. With this movie, and actually with the other movies as well, um, I think it really sparked up with the second movie because that's when I think Toothless... Not Toothless, sorry. Hiccup was kind of flying along with Toothless. Like, anyway. So, I think with this one... It, it was also just really beautiful to watch with the flying scenes and you know we got to see it on a, a, like a actually did we see it on a big screen it was a big enough screen i guess we didn't get to see it like in an imax but it was a big enough yeah screen um but still it was really nice to see um you know the the coloring of the film and um just the detail of like the sky and the sunsets and or the night and you know all that all that was really nice well and then the
1: the all the the visuals when you see the hidden world is like wow. Mm-hmm. So
0: yeah, um, I wanted to go back uh, really quick. When I was talking about the opening scene, I remember thinking I I thought it was interesting that they had that as the opening scene because when we were watching the second movie yes. and we were watching the deleted scenes, apparently for the second movie they had intended to have it start with kind of this stealth ambush scene with the mother's character and um but they decided they thought that was too dark <laughs> so they did not start it that way um but i thought it was interesting that they basically did use that same concept that? yeah with hiccup and his team um for the opening of the movie so it's really good all right so cory i think we know the answer um, I think we knew the answer before the movie even came out.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, you know, the first two are already on the shelf.
0: Yeah. So, <laughs> what's the verdict? Does it make the movie shelf? No question. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. If you if you liked what How to Train Your Dragon. And I, I like the movie. I liked even the little spinoffs of some of the little... TV show or shorts that they had to go with it. I think when they were describing each of the dragons, there was these cute little shorts or something to go with it. It's just a fun series. Each of the characters are, you know, they're kind of silly, but but strong and smart and, you know, ingenious. So they're just a lot of fun. So yeah, it definitely makes the movie shell for me too.
1: And in the moments where the movie attempts to tug on some heartstrings, it doesn't feel forced. It feels very natural. Yeah. And because you know, I think a lot of people that would be watching these movies can uh, associate the type of love that Hiccup has for Toothless with like us and our our own pets. Yeah. So like
0: like I said, basically Toothless is a dog,
1: and it's unlike some <laughs> other movies, you know, where there's people and dogs, and the tugging kind of feels a little forced and a mm-hmm. little artificial. This one, I don't think it does that. It does. It feels very natural and it flows very well and. Very well written Mm -hmm. overall.
0: Yeah. So I also like the fact that we actually, we got to see it early. So the movie comes out this weekend. And
1: And so this is going to be our first movie review where the review comes out before the official release of the movie comes out. Yeah. Or at the same time.
0: And we saw it in a theater with, um, it was definitely not like a private early screening. It was just an early screening, but there are lots of kids there. And it was really fun to see them with their own little stuffed light (laughs) furies or something. Or some of them had the little, the two-headed twin dragon. It was a lot of fun just to be in that environment. Filled theater is always a fun way to see a movie. So definitely go check it out. Add it to your movie shelf when it's available. It's great. All right, Corey, it's time for our picks of the week.
1: Okay, uh, we'll start with you first.
0: Okay, so I don't want to give too many spoilers, but when I was thinking about what my pick of the week was um, to kind of tie into this movie... I kind of lean toward the movie Spirit. Spirit is an animated film. It came out maybe like, huh, like two thousand three-ish or four-ish. Something. Yeah, I'll there. say
1: early two thousands definitely.
0: It's the story of a wild Mustang horse, and I think um, the horse doesn't talk, but you kind of like, I guess it's. The narration is the horse's
1: thoughts. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're hearing the horse's yes. thoughts for sure.
0: <laughs> and it's not a musical.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no horny musical numbers.
0: Um, I think there is a musical, not musical, I think there is a music number, kind of that montage feeling, which is like, I think, a Brian Adams song, So, mm. which is yeah. great. But the horse, I guess, is voiced in a sense, or thought voiced. By Matt Damon, I believe. Oh, I think so. And then the only other person I remember from the film is um, kind of. Sort of the bad guy, the, the general guy or something, the military guy, was James Cromwell. And um, anyway, so Spirit tells the is the story of this horse who is wild and free and gets caught, essentially, by the, the military group. And this is way back, way like...
1: Kind uh, of during the Dance with Wolves era.
0: Yes, that would be a good, <laughs> good example. Anyway, so the horse is, of course, trying to break free and get back to being free and...
1: Well, one really interesting thing that I found with that movie because it is uh, very unusual for an animated movie to do this, but uh, as far as I recall, everything that happens in that movie can actually happen in the real world. Hmm. So there that was is nothing that was physically impossible. You know, no, no right. nothing, nothing that was super. You know, there
0: was quite a leap, though, but quite a leap,
1: but possible. But
0: oh my goodness, was that like the most dramatic
1: scene? <laughs> <sighs> But yeah, mm-hmm. but it, it's just you know everything that happened. I mean, they, they, this could have been done live action, you know, if they, yeah. if they wanted to. So
0: kind of your like your snowy river <laughs> horse scene. Oh yeah, probably definitely.
1: So, um, but it's just kind of unusual to see in an animated movie something that where the whole movie was definitely possible.
0: All right. So, and the the, the animation is beautiful it's more of that hand-drawn style i can't i don't remember if there was actually any technical computer animation but it's not like pixar it's not anything like that it's just that more traditional hand-drawn type of animation so i thought that was great um it's a great movie and it's just it looks fantastic um as you mentioned it has that very realistic feel to it and um and again that scene oh oh my goodness (laughs) <laughs> Having to make that leap. All right, so what's your pick of the
1: week? Okay, so going on the theme of a person and a non-human loved one, I guess you could say. Okay. Uh, a childhood favorite of mine would be, well, I'm not sure how young of a child, but White Fang. Yes. The Ethan Hawke White Fang movie.
0: Is there another White Fang?
1: There may be a much older one that I may not be as familiar with. I'm not totally sure. So, to be safe, I'm just going to specify an actor in that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: And so, why does this one um, kind of make your list?
1: Well, you know, I mean, yeah, you got, you got the boy who's you know, this takes place during the Alaskan Gold Rush. Okay. And it comes across a wild animal, a lot like Hiccup did. And very similar, kind of slow to develop a relationship. And so, uh, a lot of similar feelings in uh-huh. uh, How to Train Your Dragon series and with this movie as well.
0: Okay, so those are our picks of the week. We have Spirit and White Fang. So now let's talk about some of the movies that are coming out that we're interested in.
1: And Sam, I gotta say, the two previews that we're gonna talk about, neither one of them really struck a chord with me, so I'm just gonna let you take both of these.
0: Okay, I, yeah, I'm not exactly sure how fired up I perhaps am for Wonder Park, um, but that was one of the previews that we saw with this film. And that one, it looks like this girl who, her creative outlet and hobby is always designing theme parks, um, even to the point that she kind of makes these little makeshift theme parks in her backyard. And it looks like maybe something happens where she kind of loses her inspiration, and desire to create and then something changes and um, she somehow ends up in her one of her long lost theme park designs. So I'm assuming that it's just one of those things where she has to reconnect with what
1: inspires her.
0: So eh, I don't know. We'll see. It looks. It looks like it could be interesting. I'm not sure. Well, I am more to
1: you than me. We'll see.
0: <laughs> I am more interested in um, the other, one of the other previews we saw, which is Missing Link, and this is it's the story of Mister Link, who is essentially like a yeti, almost and,
1: like a Bigfoot, Sasquatch.
0: Yes. So Mister Link the Yeti is looking for his family, um, and Sir Lionel Frost decides to help him take him to Shangri La, which is where he says he. More Yetis are to be found. The animation style for that movie looks interesting. It's not the normal. It almost has
1: Wallace and Gromit feel.
0: It almost has a yeah Wallace and Gromit feel. Not quite, but almost yeah. a little of that style. Okay, so those are the two movies that are coming out. Again, we're both a little on the fence on at least for Wonder Park. I'm definitely interested in Missing Link. Um, I know the Lionel Frost guy is voiced by Hugh Jackman, and
1: yeah, I think that's the only thing that piqued your interest. But okay. <laughs>
0: Well, okay. So, now it's time for a side of bacon.
1: Side of bacon. Excited for this one, because something very interesting happened in this episode of Side of Bacon. Ooh,
0: intrigue and suspense. Alright, so, what Corey is alluding to is that we both came up with these same connections. Without
1: talking about it at all with each other. we were. (laughs) I think that's the first time this happened since we started these.
0: Yeah, I think we came up with a joint connection once, but this time we came up with the same connections.
1: Totally Um, on our own.
0: So, just to remind you, we are connecting Sam Rockwell to Clive Owen, and we both got it in two movies. In the same two
1: movies, you the same actor, linking actor, and everything else. Yes. I will let you reveal what we both came up with.
0: (laughs) Okay. Well, so starting with Clive Owen, we're actually using a movie that I think we used him... In this movie for a Bacon Connection just a couple episodes ago. And that is Sin City. So Clive Owen in Sin City with Mickey Rourke. Yes. And Mickey Rourke was in Iron Man 2. A movie. I don't even know if that one actually has made the shelf. With all the (laughs) other Marvel movies. But he was in Iron Man 2 with Sam Rockwell. Yes. And Sam Rockwell was kind of the corrupt business person stirring things up for Iron Man. So there's our connection.
1: And one thing I'm going to say about that is that uh, we watched a documentary about, or at least I did, about Mickey Rourke, about his early acting days and his fall from that. And he kind of went into this boxing thing, and that kind of failed, and he kind of came back into acting. And I was annoyed that this documentary credited the movie The Wrestler as his comeback into acting. Oh yeah, okay. And they totally glazed over Sin City, which was he did just before the Wrestler, mm-hmm. and I think they should have considered that movie his comeback movie.
0: Yeah,
1: but uh, they they just kind of just they didn't even mention it. I mean, he just skipped right over and went straight to the Wrestler as his comeback into the acting. I was like, oh come on, my little two bit there.
0: I do think that was weird. <laughs> I guess the only difference would be that with specifically with the Wrestler, he was the lead actor.
1: Yeah. Well, does I mean Moonlight like Sin City does it really have a lead actor? A lead actor? I mean, it's almost like the Lord of the Rings. Who was the lead actor in the Lord of the Rings series? Because there's I feel like so many important roles, you you, you really can't pick one. You know,
0: I feel like Bruce Willis probably was like the lead actor for okay. Sin City. I mean, I feel like he was the most consistent actor. Everyone else was kind of involved in his storyline, but he was because you, you got of the start several different
1: stories that are happening at the same yeah. time, so
0: but I feel like he was the consistent one. Hmm. So for this week. Who, do you have your bacon yet?
1: Uh, well, let me ask you, is yours coming from the main movie or not? No. Okay, then I do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, I'm actually going to go with James Cromwell using my spirit ah, um, Interesting, movie. okay.
1: I'm going to go with F. Murray Abraham.
0: Oh.
1: Oh, you didn't see that coming.
0: I've already got it in two. What?
1: <laughs> oh, I think I know what you're thinking. Yep. So it's Star Trek, isn't it? Yes. Okay. Do we need? Do I need to pick a different one then? Well, that that is. of you easy. pick
0: a different one? Because I feel like yours is going to be too tough. If we,
1: <laughs> I think mine's going to be too tough. Yeah, I'll really.
0: James Cromwell. He's he's branched. I feel like he's a little easier.
1: I'll change my piece of bacon to one from my pick of the week and say Ethan Hawke.
0: Okay, so we have Ethan Hawke to James Crom- Cromwell.
1: Cromwell. Yeah. Cromwell. Make sure we got the right James. James Cromwell. Not yes. Cogburn, not Garner, not...
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, so... Cromwell. Yes. Okay. Even
0: Hock to James Cromwell.
1: That'll be interesting.
0: Well, thanks for listening to Movie Shelf.
1: And if you would, click that subscribe button and share this with your friends.
0: Ooh, and did you know that we're also on Apple Podcasts and Google Play... And Spotify. We're on Spotify? <laughs> yes, we are. I listen to Spotify. <laughs> well, you
1: should be subscribed <laughs> to us. Ooh, so I can listen to us. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes. Um, and if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to give us a rating or give us a review. We'd love to hear from you. We'll catch you next time, you guys. Bye. Bye-bye.